go and I need a jacket. <laughs> he makes me feel kind of funny. I like when you used movie. to climb the ropes in gym class. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> How can you forget that? I, the line in the movie. I love that movie. Anyway, yeah. hi. Hello, welcome back to Wingman's Garage. You've actually made it to episode six. Hey! Episode six. We with, made it to uh, six. The two of us. And I did say just the two of us because it's... Just uh, the two of us. It's just Daniel the pretty boy. Yeah, it's me. And there's there's Chris over there. Yeah. The and because Tyler's... Tyler's sick. Apparently Winter's got the best of a lot of people, including this show, actually. Actually, yeah. We were, we're working on a guest who is a dear friend of mine. And the itis got him. Yep, the itis. So the itis got him. And he'll be on the next one. He'll be on... Yes. Episode seven. Yeah, and it actually pushed back our recording schedule. About yeah, what, three days, three or four days because <sighs> the cold weather hit again, and people who people that live here in Nashville, because Chris and I don't live close together. No, and it's okay. I mean, we don't mind traveling and going somewhere to you know, be even better once warm, yeah. and we can ride to each other's recording location. But it's one of those things where we can't. It takes a little bit to. to it's, get to each other's places and interstates are involved and when there's anything white on the ground other than you know maybe a flower truck or huh. a truck from Colombia huh. if it's not if it's not either one of those Colombia is spelled with two o's and not Colombia Tennessee with a u it could be both but yeah. um it's well if it's snow on the ground everyone freaks out and no one knows how to drive right. anymore so it was either Push it back a little bit and record later, or me die on the way home. Right. So I'm gonna go with the first part of it right. because I I don't want to die yet. Sorry, right. I'm I'm yeah. out on the death thing. Right. And for some of you naysayers, yes, I know places like Michigan, yeah, in Minnesota, get a lot more snow than we do here in Tennessee. But see, when they sit there talking about, oh, we get a lot more snow, you'll be okay. Yeah, but we win more SEC champion, more national huh. championships too. So well, yeah, you went there. I did go. I there. was just gonna say that you know when we get snow, we get a little bit of snow and we get a lot of ice. Well, see, I wasn't. I don't but care ice about that. Is what is the problem? I'm gonna hit them where it hurts. Yeah, that's true. You, you know how you make Michigan cookies? <laughs> how you put them in a bowl and beat them for three hours? Ha! I went there. Oh, you right. went there too. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Meanwhile, the Tina's back here. Say hi, Tina. She's back here going, what in the world analogy was that? Right. And there is a cat here as well who... Bay is walking around somewhere, but you won't hear her because she's quiet. Bay is by the presence of the Tina. Oh, she is by the presence of the Tina? I don't know. You're behind me. It's okay. But anyway. Uh, Yeah. So, on to Let's talk about things. There has been some, some interesting developments in the gear world and some actually some... Uh, yeah. Broadcast news too. That yes. I don't. We didn't get a chance to talk about before, but I'll bring it up after we get done talking about right. this. And by the way, if you're expecting a great and tremendous change in the audio tonight, sorry. Yeah. About <laughs> that. Hedgehog's not here. Neither is his brand new recording gear that I don't think any of us know how to use yet. So does he know how to use it yet? No, he hasn't played with it at all. What? Uh, oh. Whoa. Phrasing. Are we going to put phrasing he in there? Not played the, with the recording gear. Since he's gotten it. I was going to say, because if we can put phrasing in the rotation, that would be fantastic. <laughs> right. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that are uh, kind of moving and shaking in the motorcycle industry. Uh, plus, there's a few things I've ridden that move and shake. And yeah, that moves and shakes. My mind. And yeah, if yeah. it didn't blow your mind, then you would probably be dead. Right, right. So we'll talk about that in just a little bit. In just bit. a little bit. But let's start off with the you know, biggest one. Biggest one. Here in the U.S., one of the major players in the online motorcycle world, Revzilla. Yeah. You know, for most people who are shopping for gear online, they are the mecca of reviews and, you know, good deals. Honestly, I will say Revzilla's probably got the best fair deals. I will give you that. Fair deals, yes. Fair deals. They, Um, They don't attempt to, you know, kill the dealership level. But they do offer fair deals. They honor the map pricing with their distributors. But when they got something on clearance, you go and get it right then and there because they've it's got... It's on yeah, clearance. They've got better it's, deals than I've seen anywhere. Yeah. It's one of those weird deals where it's... I have I can personally attest I've never bought anything from Revzilla. Some of their... Like, a lot of their reviews on a 
more write your own review where a consumer writes it, it it's a lot of negative. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of, I mean, and again, I, in my own casual searching, I can't really say much to it because I, I shop online in other places. Um, shout out Sport Bike Track Gear. That's who I buy my stuff from, but that's another right issue. That's a whole other style of group that you buy stuff from. Right. Anyway. Um, you know, on that note, uh, personally, I go to Revzilla all the time just because, honestly, no one else has reviews on products faster than them. You know? Yeah. If there's some a new product coming out, I can guarantee you that even me being at a dealership pretty close to most of my reps, I will see a full-on video review of something there before I've even gotten to see a picture. Well, that's because the size of the way what they do, yeah, yeah, what they do and the size of their customer base, their reviews, they could probably call a manufacturer and say, hey, I know you've got this coming. I know Mm -hmm. you're working on this kit. We need to review it ASAP. And they could probably get a pre-production model before the even any even the ad work's done on it. Yep. So it's one of those things. The reviews are good. I it's not really the store wise, it's fair very fair pricing, very everything else. It's just it's the website was always a little clunky to me and it didn't really have a lot of the higher end stuff, I guess is what I want to call it. They didn't have a lot of the the higher end brands that you see, you know, European racing and everything else. But for the U.S. market, they're fantastic. I'm not. Don't think that I'm down great down talking them at all. Mm-hmm. They're a very good store. They're a very good brand. Their reviews are very good. It's. Mm-hmm. It I'm just. You, it's not my thing. How about right. that? They definitely give you a good first eye view. Yeah. Of, you know what products look like inside and out, which I think they've done a great job. Now, before we keep, you know, gushing on about them, why are we talking about Revzilla? We're talking about Revzilla because they have just merged with J.W. Childs, who you most likely know as the people that own Cycle Gear. And I have first-hand experience with this company. In fact, you know, the very first time I ever met this guy, yep. he was working at Cycle Gear. I was helping run the Cycle Gear here, the local Cycle Gear here. I will say this. I'm glad... I. I don't want to again. I don't like down talking other company, uh, down talking companies or anything else like that. And at that moment, at that moment in time, and my own, you know, knowledge of everything else, I was the. If you've ever been to a cycle gear, you have your gear experts. Mm-hmm. The store had been open for about three or four years, maybe five, and I was the first gear expert to ever come out of that store. I was the first one to do all this test, the certification, blah 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 blah. La di da. I don't care. Whatever. But it's the only, the thing I don't like about Cycle Gear. The return policy is fantastic. We got screwed on that return policy one time. We had a guy bringing a a set of boots huh. that were twelve years old in the box, been rode in, put up wet, everything else. Had the receipt. And we had to take them back. Wow. Twelve years old. Are you kidding me? But it's. The way they've gone now, everybody gets their catalogs in the mail and everything else. The, their house, they put they push their house brand stuff a lot, right. and it's decent stuff. It's yeah. not it's not junk, but it's not yeah. it's lower mid level. How about I'll con- that? I'll leave some contention on that one, mostly in regards to their helmets. No, I'm not talking yeah. about helmets. I'm talking about like, like gloves, gear jackets, and, right. that kind of thing. It's not terrible. It's not. Fantastic! It's not a high-end Alpine Star, a high-end Dianese jacket, but it's not wearing a blue jean jacket, right. a Levi jacket either. They've got protection. It's got padding in it mm-hmm. and everything else. I mean, a dear friend of mine rides in a built jacket. So, right. you know, and it's it's one of those things where if you need gear and you need gear quick there, and, you, and you're on a really tight budget – Get yes, go with that. It's a good option, right? And that kind of thing. Whereas if you're more affluent and you have the ability to buy higher end gear, mm-hmm. you're gonna go buy the higher end right. gear. And you know, kind of that note. I remember when I first went to Cycle Gear. Yeah, they were the only place I could find a lot of the really cool stuff. AGV. Uh, they were the first Swami. ones carrying Swamp, carrying Dynasse where yep, you could actually get it. And uh, of course, you know they. They've gone and changed the majority of the stuff you're going to find in their store now is they're going to be their house brands, 
with a couple of, you know, Danesian jackets. And, of course, I've got the inside scoop on what goes on with that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's kind of what turned me off to cycle gear uh, in more recent years is if I'm going in, I, I'm not there for their house brands. So no. I'm going for, for the good stuff, which is harder to find. But what does this mean? Cycle gear and Revzilla joining together uh, from the words of the founders of Revzilla it's basically just opening up more doors for them. They're still going to be Revzilla. They're still going to be Cycle Gear. Two individual companies. They're not going to be coming Rev Gear or Cyclezilla, whatever you want to call it. But Cyclezilla actually sounds like a really bad Godzilla movie. It does. It, it sounds does. like the people who did Sharknado. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know? let's not talk about the Sharknado. Oh, did you sit through Sharknado 5 the other day? No, I, <laughs> uh, I thought it was a bad dream when I saw there was a 5. Oh, it's it, no, it is a bad dream that you <laughs> saw that there was five, but anyway, uh, there may not be, but who knows right. who cares? But we came up short on that one. Yeah. Uh, not that one though. <laughs> anyway, so Cycle Gear Revzilla, big news. Uh, something to the tune of five hundred million dollars, half a billion dollars for Revzilla, which good for them. Very good for Anthony they and the crew. because yeah, I mean they started off in. Uh, two-bedroom apartment doing that. Right. When they put, you know, it took 10 years, and they, they put their time in, and they bust their butt, and now mm-hmm. they're, they've cashed in. Good for them. Yes. I, you can't, I will never begrudge anyone who has that ability and yep. that opportunity. Yep. I just hope it doesn't go the way that 75% of these buyouts go, where they start, they get certain people in, and they're more worried about market share and everything else than taking care of their customers and offering good stuff. Yeah. I just, I see Cycle Gear's house brands being brought into Revzilla and yeah. being sold on Revzilla on top of all the other stuff. Yeah. And then you see a lot of, and you will see the Cycle Gear uh, commercials and the Cycle Gear online presence become a lot stronger yeah. with reviews and everything else. Right. Which honestly, Cycle Gear kind of needed that. Cycle Gear's needed a lot of things over the years, but that's not just one of them. Right. So that's the biggest news of the week. Um, So far. Wish them the best of luck. Yeah. Again, a true American success story there. Absolutely. These guys. I mean, congratulations. Uh, You all deserve for all the work you put in. Hope it rides out the way we we all hope it will. Yeah. Uh, Here's hoping. Yes. Now, on other hands... Uh, Oxford Products. Oxford is, Products, uh, yes. If you don't know who Oxford Products is, they're actually a British company. Jolly uh, old England. That's right. That uh, specialize in a bunch of things. Um, they've got some actually pretty decent uh, accessories yeah, uh, for they, your bike. They uh, for your bike. They've got stuff oh, yeah. for your bike. They've got stuff for you. Yep. I mean, it's hell. actually it, it, looking through the looking through the catalog. It looks pretty good actually. Yes, and you know they're they make. Good product that's not super expensive. I've actually got a set of their uh, heated hand grips on the 14. You right do now. have a set of those. They I do, do make those hand grips. They, yep, they make heaters hand grips, which are for 89 bucks. You get really good set of uh, adjustable heated grips that do really well. Yeah, they um, do. They get hot. Yep, they get really hot. About 150 degrees, actually. And. Now, before everyone preaches, 150 degrees, that'll burn you. Yeah, you've got gloves on. Don't you've got gloves on. If you're using it when it's really cold, it'll just be enough to keep your hands warm. Um, now, luckily, I didn't have to do that because my bike came with it. Yeah, but, yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah, you've got the German bike. Yep. So, they're also known in, uh, in Britain as being the sole distributors of Alpine Star. Yeah, for the so, English market. Yep. So... Oxford's been in the U.S. for a little while now, uh, a couple of years at it's least. Been, they've been in for a while because I remember seeing their stuff when I was still in the game. Yeah, I want to say it's been at least 10 years. At least 10. Yeah. But they're making another uh, strong presence here in the U.S. Another strong push, yeah. which, is, which, is, which is good yes. because you will never go wrong with more options. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. Um, now, they've actually got their own set of riding gear as well. In fact, uh, Daniel and I were looking at some of the uh, racing suits that they offer. Pretty decent for the money. Good, yeah, for the for the price and yep. looking at it just real quick without looking at features and everything else and actually have, having it in our hands and everything else. Yep. It looks good. They look like it looks really good. I'm mm-hmm. excited to maybe try one on and check yeah, it out. Yeah, just seeing it. Now they actually have just picked up, and this is Oxford Products USA, uh, have actually just picked up another British apparel line. 
uh, and they'll be the sole distributor of this particular company here in the U.S. And that's Bullet Jeans. Yeah. Um, that's bull like the, like the animal. It. Um, Not the Steve McQueen movie because that's ETT. You're right. Um, looking at this, I've actually only heard of them through some of the British magazines. Um, but they do mostly riding uh, jeans. They do cargo pants too, apparently, and khakis. Yeah, they do khakis and cargo pants yeah. and riding stuff. Um, for those of us who, like you and I both, mm-hmm. we will be, when we're riding on the street going on a fun street ride, we will be in a, our, a good helmet, mm-hmm. a good leather jacket, good gloves, boots, yep. and jeans. Right. The only problem is the minute you touch the ground in jeans, mm-hmm. your denim is going to explode. Right. Especially if you're wearing something more fashion forward, like, yeah. like Lucky. Oh, Lucky disintegrates. Or Diesel. Yeah, it's basically T-shirt material denim. The uh, the strongest denim you're going to find now is probably, I hate saying it, it's Levi 501. Oh, yeah. And the they're, rigid stuff. They they're don't, using yeah. more of like a 10-ounce denim. Yeah, it's a 10 or, like, the, obviously the heavier denim you're going to wear is going to be more protective, but right. finding that, it's tough. Right. Bullet yeah. seems that they weave Kevlar in with the jean and everything mm-hmm. else, so that's going to... If you end up having, and I hate, and you know, nobody wants to deal with this, but if you slide, right. it will stay together. Yes, and you want it to be able to yeah. resist the abrasion of, uh, with basically this the grittiest sandpaper you'll ever run into. And yeah, it's like ten grit paper, <laughs> like two more like. Oh, it's all, yeah. and depending on where you're at too, True. because obviously everybody uses different tarmac and everything right. else. Of course, you know, riding jeans aren't anything new to the no. industry. Icon's been one of the ones that you've seen the most, and they're very uh, stunt or well, stunt not, type. Uh, the way and the way that the gentleman that is the CEO and the founder of Icon, they equip the high risk riders, mm-hmm. which is and the best way you can describe it. And they all have a certain style and a certain look and a certain dynamic to them. Um, I'm not I'm not begrudging that. If that's you, have at it, guys. If you guys want to get on the interstate and air it out, wheelies, the whole nine yards, have at it. Have a blast. Do your thing. Do your thing. Ride your ride. Just realize that, you know, you're going to have consequences if you get caught. Right. So, anyway, but we're going to leave that alone because that's a whole nother four podcasts. Um, If you did not fit into that look and you didn't like that look, you were very limited. Right. And I, when I mean very limited, I mean... Very limited. Right. There's only one or two companies now. There's there's a few companies now coming out because of the cafe racer craze and the demand for and the demand this. for it now. There's a company called Ugly Ugly Bros. Right out of Korea. Right, it's come out really um, nice stuff. Really good stuff, expensive. but it's expensive. Um, Saint is another one. Saint again, really, really good that's stuff. That's out of Australia. That's and they're ex- amazing. I mean, it's amazing stuff, but you are going to right. pay. Through the nose. Right. Of course, you know, some of our the n- more normal brands that you know of do sell uh, riding jeans. Uh, Alpine Stars has been doing Alpine it Alpine Star does it. Danese does Danese it. Danese does it. But, uh, the, but again, it's, it's a European fit, so it's, it's not what most Americans will No, it's not going to be your boot-cut jeans no. that every or relaxed-fit jeans right. that everybody wears here uh, in the States. Joe Rocket's actually got one. Uh, Joe Rocket's been doing it for a while, but that's the... Uh, but here's the thing. Joe Rocket, and again... If any of my Joe Rocket reps are listening, you already know this. They look like dad the, jeans. No, here's the thing. The Joe Rocket jeans, I can't remember exactly what they're called off the top of my head. They're basically what used to be Icon's first riding jeans. Oh, those. Yeah, with the stretch panels and everything. The flag yeah. in the. No, no, not that. Not the well, no, 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 I'm before. saying like the flag size. Yeah. And it's got the stretch panel in the back. Yeah. It's like you've got denim and then you've got this black stripe yeah. across the yeah, back. Yeah, and it comes right no. down the middle. Yeah. Again, when I had mine, I loved it back in 2003. Yeah. But that was that 2003. That was, you know, 14, you know, 13, 14 years right. ago. Come on, guys. Um, Scorpion has my favorite riding jean ever is from Scorpion EXO. Um, that's the Covert. And I like it because it, it looks and feels like normal boot cut jeans. But it's got the abrasion, the Kevlar woven into it. Um, kind of like what we're looking at with the bullets. Yeah, but I... I I can't talk on the scorpion ones. No, I love my scorpions, and so, I've worn them so much that they're starting to, to show, uh, and not in a good way. Hmm. Um, so looking forward to Bullet and trying them out and seeing what I think, because I've gone through all the newer Icon options, and either 
I'm just not tall and skinny enough to make it work. Yeah. Or I just don't like having my pants that wide at yeah. the ankle. And that's But that's cool because that's, that's that's that style. That's the way that it's going and yeah. that's fine. I mean, we just have to, those of us who don't want to we just got to look a little bit harder and that's fine. And bullet coming to the US is gives awesome. us it gives us more options. Yeah. You can never go wrong with more options. Yes, because there's a different style for every rider. Just like there's a different bike for everyone out there. Hey, that helmet looks familiar. <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway. Um, speaking of helmets, hey, this guy. I finally got, got one. one. And if you've been watching us on Instagram, you've seen the reveal as it came out of the yeah, box. Yeah, as, as it came out of the box, and I saw that as it came out of the box that way. But um, if I you told, want to see it right now, jump on Instagram, We Man's Garage. You'll see the video of it. Yeah. And... I got wind of this. I was actually just goofing off online, and like usual, like normal, yeah. And I saw that they were bringing out a Guy Martin replica for AGB. I have been a Guy Martin fan for ten years, and I've been waiting, and almost got to the point where I was going to make my own <laughs> and get a solid black helmet and get it painted up like Guy Martin. And they released one, and I said, Chris. When is this coming out? And we kept an eye open and for it. And we kept an eye open for it, and lo and behold, it came out, and I got one, and it's gorgeous, and I love it, and I can't wait to ride it. Again. I will say, and I've got a uh, 2013 Rossi Winter Test uh, Corsa. Which is a very good looking, I love it is, that helmet. It is, and I love this helmet, and it came out really well. It's more of a matte finish. The Martin replica is a, definitely a gloss finish, mm -hmm. and I am thankful for that. Honestly, it would have looked good in matte as it's well. It's going to look good no matter what happens. But I think the gloss sets it off. Yeah. But again, it's I I adore it, and right. again I have been waiting on a Guy Martin lid here in the states for ten years. And now you can stop trying to steal mine. And I can I can stop trying to steal his Corsa, and we're I the first warm day I get free, I'm gonna go ride in it, and yep. we'll all have a good. I can't time. wait to get his reaction the moment he's finished riding with it. Because I'm coming out of a Bell Star, so it's got yeah. a big jump to go through. Right, and again. We talked about this for the last couple episodes. Bellstar, personally, my favorite helmet. Uh, yeah, I kind of got told off by a friend of mine. Like, quit talking about helmets. Well, it's what we do. Yeah. It's what we do. Uh, speaking of helmets, Showy's new X-14 You helmet. did get to play with one of and those. I completely I'm forgot to bring it with me. Uh, what? I was going to bring it. So you I'm going to punch you in the face. Now you just got to come and visit me at the shop. Uh, that might be next week because right. I don't have any time to get free. X12 was their previous super helmet. I'll call it that because I don't know what else to really call it. The uh, top of the line. Yeah. Um, name who should not be mentioned, number 93. He's been wearing uh, one. Um, a, month, a bunch of other uh, riders have worn the X12. Great helmet. Sadly, it did not fit me just because of the head shape. Uh, supposedly one of the best out there. Period. X14 is the, finally the new successor for this helmet, and it is amazing. How pronounced are the little side? They're very pronounced. Are they? Okay. I mean, they're very pronounced. Uh, they stick out. I mean, really, when you're wearing it, yeah, it doesn't stick out that far. Um, but I'm impressed with it so far. Uh, I definitely am planning on getting one for myself. That actually looks really good. It, it does. doesn't look big. Yes. It's got these, uh, I think they call them diffuser flaps on the back. Yeah, the top. Yeah, uh, top and the back to, yeah. uh, you know, increase stability at speed. Uh, funny enough, the wind, or the uh, face shield actually has dimples along the edge that's supposed to create vortexes. Oh, so they're going after the, like, the golf ball. Thing. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Interesting. Um, and the best thing is it fits me. I can wear it. It's got the same head shape as RF-1200, which is godsend to me. Nah, I'll never be able to wear it then because RFs never fit me. Uh, see, none of the RFs previous to the 1200 fit me. All right, I, anyway, showy don't fit my head. Right. Whatever. Uh, so big con big competition for Arise new... Uh, Whatever it is. All right. No, sorry. What is it? Uh, Corsair RX, 10. Corsair 10. The Corsair 10. Yeah. Wow, had a, had a blank there. So, yes, very cool helmet. Um, I actually ordered one for one of the guys at the shop today, which is cool. Oh, cool. He liked it that much. Uh, I actually talked him out, out of uh, a pista for this. What? Yep. How did you – have you 
Oh, no, I'd have to I kept him. offering to let him try my courses, see what he thinks, and uh, he came in, tried on the, uh, the X-14, and said, yeah, I'll spend my money on this over the, the pista. I'd have made him get the pista just so I could see it. Yeah, yeah. basically, it's just your Corsa, just all in carbon fiber, and twice as much. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like carbon fiber, but I don't know if I like it that much. I don't like it that much. Um, so, yeah, that's new helmet news. Uh, what we're going to do right now is I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about a mythical beast called the H2. Actually, what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk about broadcast rights for MotoGP and World Superbike, and then we're going to talk about the H2. All right, and we're back from our break. The world is at peace once again. So now we have something kind of fun to tell everybody. Yes. Uh, we have a phone number you can call. Yes, we want to hear from you. We want to interact because, you know, you hear us the entire time. We'd love to hear from you, and we've got a special phone number for you. It's a special number. Yep. Write this down, Wingnuts. It's 2625-GO-RIDE. That's the call? phone number. Us. That's who you're going to call. Garage. Yes, 2625-GO-RIDE. That is your way of reaching out to us and actually us hearing you. Uh, of course, you can still reach us in the normal way. You can get us up, hit us up on Twitter. You can Facebook, Facebook us. All the normal can, places. Yes, every way. But for those of you who like it old school and pick up a phone and actually call people, do they do that? I don't know. Just, yeah, just call us. I mean, tell us what you think. Order a pizza. Give us a message. Do something goofy. Yeah. Like, just... Just call us. We'd love to hear from you. If you're in the middle of an argument with someone, call us. Yes. We would love to hear it. You may need us in the future. Yeah, you may need us. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I will not show up for a... Uh, We're not going to be uh, subpoenaed to anything. If you subpoena me, I will look at your lawyer and go, you don't want me to come in. Right. So we'll yeah. just leave it at that. But 2625, go ride. Uh, 2625, go, go ride. ride. If you don't know how to spell that, that's 262-546-7433. And if you call right now, the next 10 minutes, you won't, won't get, get a thing. But yes, <laughs> you might get a high five verbally. Yes, yes, that? yes. So but, anyway. uh, yeah, love to hear from you. And if you are listening to us on Shout Engine Shout or Engine. iTunes or Stitcher, please leave a review. Tell your friends. Get them listening to us. Leave. Have them leave a review. Even if they say we suck, we don't please, care. Just we do don't, it. If it's a if they tell us we suck, we don't care about their opinion. Yes, and that way we also know what we're doing right and we're doing wrong. Yep. Um, because there is no such thing as n not bad criticism anymore. Right. So that being said, let's talk MotoGP. MotoGP. Okay. So I don't know if anybody saw the news. Well, okay. I'll play. I'll start it off this way. Over the last year, MotoGP and don't uh, MotoGP and World Superbike are now under the same. Marketing body, Dorn. They're all owned right. by the same people now. So, what has happened, because World Superbike was done, was held under BN Sports. It was all live. You could see qualifying. You could see practice. You could see all of that for World Superbike. And the coverage was actually really good. Right. It was, I've watched a few of the races. I don't particularly have BN, but a good friend of mine has it. And he DVRs it every, and all that kind of stuff. So, I go watch it at his place. The coverage is fantastic, and you just you get a lot for what you're you're dealing with with BN Sports. Fox Sports One had MotoGP. The coverage was decent. It wasn't great. You got the races live for the most part, but it the production value wasn't was good. It wasn't top notch like it has mm, been. Right. Like when the old days of speed. Right. And everything else. So now Dorna has signed a deal for the US right TV rights nice. to be in sports for both of them. 
Nice. So if you have the BN Sports package, you now get your MotoGP and World Superbike from the same place. Thank you very much. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not. I'm going to reserve right and judgment and all that good stuff beforehand, and we'll see how the season goes. Yes. Because it could be great, it could be terrible, but it's going to be better than not having it at all. Right. And so that's one of those things where the last few years, I'd watch GP, and I'd usually miss most of the World Superbike just because I didn't know where to look. Yeah. So I'm grateful for that. So it's one. It's going to be fun. It's good to have it all under one banner, and that kind of thing. Yes. So yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, it and plus if there's there's not a whole lot of times when the calendar they're they've got a race this, they've got two right. races the same they weekend intersect right so and in, in the off chance that it does you could just watch bike racing all day right which would be fantastic right grab you a beer just don't plan on riding yeah don't ride yeah. but you know get the grill out get some buddies over right. drink a little bit of beer and. Grill some steaks and everything else. Exactly, you time. be much more entertained than you were at the last Super Bowl. That uh, don't even get me started. I didn't. Even, I didn't even watch the game. The, the TV was not turned on at all during the game. It was on. I was watching it, and honestly, it just might as well not have been on. Yeah. Uh, we already knew who was going to win. Sorry. Yeah, pretty much. Y'all didn't bring your A game, but we're going to stop with the football talk there because that's someone else's podcast. We're talking about motorcycles. Yep, that's about it. Yes, and racing. So uh, good to see everything back under one banner. Uh, and looking forward to actually being able to watch things this year. Yeah. Uh, I hear Moto America is actually doing fairly well. Moto America is going to do reasonably well this year. They've got some names coming. Um, again, it's a re- it, it's still a rebuilding process just from the debacle that was DMG. Right, which uh, which damaged a lot. A lot. Yeah. Um, um, do you hear that, uh, the rumor about uh, the EPA stepping in for racing? The EPA, this is one of those things where it got buried in a clean act rule or something. It's, it... Yeah, they're trying the way it is. They're trying to make the emissions regulations work for race cars and race motorcycles. Right. All that really means is you'll have to run a catalytic converter on your bike, right, or your car. And catalytic and catalytic converters have come so far where that's not really that big of an issue. Right. If anything, it adds just a little more weight to your machine. But it's not still- to the it's. Everyone's. It's one of those things where it it comes up in a conversation and it comes up in a blog post and mm-hmm. everyone freaks out. Right. So there's so much disinformation and everything right now going on for this. Mm-hmm. Everyone pump the brakes a little bit. Let both sides figure out what's going on and let them fix it. Right. Which, again, biggest problem with social media is one little thing sets off everybody and there's not a shred of truth to any it's, of it. It's been all over everything. Yeah. They're gonna kill production racing. This, that, and the other thing. And it's like, no, it's that. There's no way. Right. There's no way that because SEMA, for all its negatives of everything, it SEMA's gonna fight. They'll figure it out. Right. It's a it's an issue, and it will get figured out. So yeah, there's that. Production racing is not gonna end, and there's no and it. Everybody just chill out. It'll right. get figured out. Take Don't a deep worry. breath. Go for a ride. All is well. If it's not freezing cold like it is here, go for a ride. Yeah, about that. Winter's trying to kill me. Oh, it's killing both of us. Yeah. Which, you know, for me, the bad thing is when I get to the point where it's been weeks since I could get on the bike and even go up the road. Which at this point it has been. I get into these weird moods. Really oh, yeah. Weird moods. The best description I've ever heard of it, it actually came from another. Okay, hang on. This is driving me nuts. Let go. Right Let now, the Tina's playing Unravel. Go back. Shh. Focus. And I'm trying. Daniel's trying to help her through this. Okay, anyway. The best description I've ever heard was from a surfing documentary that I have called Riding Giants. And Buffalo Kalawea is talking about when the waves are flat. 
you get bitchy and grouchy. Mm-hmm. You really don't want to be around us. Right. That's kind of the way it goes. Yeah. So. See, and what happens to me, and this is part of the reason why I've had so many bikes in the last three years, is I start thinking about what other bikes are like. I don't think about that. There are worse things I could be doing this with, but motorcycles True. are what I do. Um, right now, the... Uh, the Motard. Yes. The current situation with Winter has made me start having the battle of the hypers in my mind. I... So right now, I've got a hypersport bike, a ZX-14, and it's currently battling out with the hyper Motard. I'm on both sides of the fence because I like both. I you're not on both. Team. You're you're straddling the fence. You're, I am. You're sitting on it. You're not on both yeah, sides. I'm right at the border between Team Hyper Sport and Team Hyper Motard. Now, I love my 14. Probably one of the better bikes I've owned as far as a daily rider. I can get it to do most of the things I want it to do. I've always wanted a Hyper Motard. I've always thought they were cool. It was one of the first motards that actually made me look at one and go, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Got the option of Hyper Motard 1100 and a 14. Unfortunately, the way that our uh, self-sponsored lives work, I can only intend to have one or, or the, the other. other. Now. So if I intend on getting the Hyper Motard, it usually means, unless somebody wants to change this for me, Oh, uh, if I want the Hyper Motard, I have to get rid of the 14. Now, okay, I will say that we both know what side of the fence I'm on on this one. Yes, we do. I'm on, I'm on, Hyper I'm Motard. Team Hyper Motard on this one. Hashtag. Hashtag Team Hyper Motard. Um, as much as you like the 14 as a daily and everything else, mm-hmm. when was the last time you actually had a really good time trying to put that thing in a corner? Considering that most of the time that I've owned this bike, it's been cold. Not a whole lot. See, so this is my deal. You can commute on that thing and be fantastically comfortable. You can mm-hmm. tour on it. You can do a track day on that thing. This is one of the better all-around do every – this is a universal European – it's mm-hmm. a UEM. Right. Universal European machine. Right. Whereas the 14 – you can commute on it. You can ride back. You can ride back and forth to work. You can go fast on the interstate and all this other stuff. You can't. T- you can take it on a track day, but it's going to be limited. Right. And it's going to be limited on a tight twisty that that we all love. Right. Right. I vote Hyper Motard. I had my Ducati mechanic buddy vote Hyper Motard. Mm-hmm. He said that's a deal you better jump on. Right. Most of the people on social Instagram media and everything. Facebook have been saying yes, Team Hyper Motard. Yes. Now, of course, if I can find a way to have both, you better believe I well, will that's, do both. Well, that's that's not part of the question right now. Yes, is it? I know. I know. It, it, that's not part of the equation. Yep. Because if it, that was part of the equation, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. That's true. Now, that being said, I think the biggest reason why I wouldn't go to Team Hyper Motard is if I sit on the bike and I feel the entire bike is completely wrong. Now, if anybody out there has a Hyper Motard that they would love to let me sit on and possibly even ride, let's, you will make this so much easier for me. Let's. How about we just do this? You had, when you and I first met, mm-hmm. you had a Tuano. I did. It had a, was it 08? Uh, it was an 07 Tuano. 07 Tuano. Think of that bike. Mm-hmm. How comfortable was that bike, and how nice was that bike to sit on and feel? Uh, if you're going to go for comfort, the Tuano was not the one with very high rear sets. Well, I mean... Um, Sitting up upper body wise. Yes. Again, that was rear sets. I mean, every like ergonomics can be right. changed. Now, here's my biggest thing. Will I truly enjoy riding? I'm sure I will. It's just not a bike I'm used to. Even though I've had an FZ09. Yeah. I've had a Speed Triple 1050. I've had the Tuan. The big, I just need to actually sit on it. The biggest, the having sat on a mo- hyper motard mm-hmm. and sat on everything that you just said, but the Tuano, mm-hmm. the closest you're going to get is a speed triple. Okay, it's a it's a touch more relaxed. Okay, than a speed triple. So I could live with that. Yeah, yeah. You can commute on it. You can mm-hmm. live with it. You can tour on it. We mm-hmm. can have some fun. You can take yep. it on a track day. You ain't going to worry about it. You're not going to be sitting there calling me, going, "I need a track. I want to do a track day, but I got a ZX14." <laughs> 
Yeah, I understand that. Can I cut it in half and have a ZX7? No, you can't have <laughs> You could probably buy a ZX7. Yeah. Equip for the track for pretty cheap. I can get a ZX7 that weighs as much as my 14. True. That's the next podcast. Yes, we'll talk about those. We'll talk about track bikes next yes. podcast because of our, our, special, our guest. special guest. We will all talk. It will be track nonsense mm-hmm. next week. But this is the thing. Living with that hypermotard, mm-hmm. the the motor is incredibly uncomplicated. Right, it is the eleven hundred. It is a cool. very basic motor. A lot of the maintenance and everything that is scares people about Ducatis. There's it, the only thing you really have to worry about is valve adjustments. Right, and those are pretty spaced out mm-hmm. and fairly simple on a bike that's everything's easy to get to. Yeah, so it's not that okay. convoluted. Bea's here. Hey, Bea. I've been adopted by yet another cat. It's the same, yeah. It's the Bea from episode two that yes. he got adopted from. Oh, and your sandpaper tongue. Yee. Bea, get over here. No, she's but anyway. So, so, yeah. so ultimately, I vote Hypermotard just because I want to ride it too. Right. So, ultimately, I'm pretty sure as soon as I actually sit on one and see one, I'll be in love and I'll have a Hypermotard in the garage soon. And I just want to stomp just a two-gear wheelie through it just because it's right. really easy. Now, okay, there's the other part. Yes, my ZX-14, I can get into a lot of trouble just simply because how fast it goes. Yeah. If my FZ09 is any indication of what I, I will be like on this multi or Multistrada. Not a Multistrada. I got a Multistrada on my mind also. But if the FZ09 is any indication of what a Hypermotard will be like when I'm riding it, I might get into trouble for different things. Well, it's... It's always the you either go really fast mm-hmm. or the hu- the, hooligan- the hooligan comes out. The hooliganism quadruples. Yes. So yeah. we'll well, we'll figure that out. Everyone will know mm-hmm. probably to the minute of when if if and when this happens. <laughs> right. Right. So. Right. So. But yeah, there's that. So well, the battle of the hypers will continue on until I finally make up my own damn mind. That's true. Now talking about things that go fast and that I've ridden. Let's talk about the bull in the china shop. An H2. Kawasaki H2. Now, this one, now Chris here has decided to tell, he sent me the pictures, Mm -hmm. and I got incredibly mad. Mm -hmm. Not because he sent me pictures, it's the fact that he got to ride one of these freaking things. Now, I got to give a big shout out to Joey Moss. Yes, big Uh, shout out to Joey. He bought the first H2 from my dealership. It's actually one of the first ones in the state. Actually, I think it was actually the first one in the state. Um, Joey is an incredibly cool guy. Uh, probably one of the best people I know out there on the streets here in the area. Uh, I will tell you this. When he rides this bike, he doesn't baby it. When he rides his H2, he rides his H2. Good. I mean, he's got this thing. He pulls out of our driveway and before he's even a hundred yards down the drive uh, from the driveway, he's in fourth gear, and the front wheel has not touched the ground the entire time. He shorts. And he, the sad thing is, if he's it's a, if it's that short of a stretch, and it's that it, you know he's short shifting the piss out of yep. this thing. And to be and honest, it's that he, high up already, he uses the quick shifter as wheelie control. Jesus Christ! And he said that himself. Now he just recently gave me the opportunity to ride this beast. Beast is the right damn word, yes. apparently. For those of you who are naysayers on the H2, yes, it's got a funky look to it. It's not a bike you will have as a daily rider. Uh, it's it's ridiculously powerful for what it is. Uh, if you were to ever get the opportunity to ride one of these, I want you to do one thing. Throw out everything you think you know about this bike. When it first came out, yeah, I thought it was cool just because of what it is. It's a look-at-me bike. It is intended to be a statement piece. It is made to simply go fast and blow your mind. But that's about it. You would think the power behind it, it would be kind of a turd unless you're going in a straight line. Throw it all out. When I got on this bike, I was a little apprehensive just because I'd watch uh, Joey leave the dealership, listen to him talk about the bike. When I pulled out of the dealership... I was really easy on it just because I was afraid it was going to be that much power. And that thing's pushing his his, his bike version. is unrestricted. It's been tuned. It's got a full exhaust system from Brock's. This thing pushes close to about 260 horsepower at the rear wheel. 
on a bike that weighs 400 and what, 45 pounds? Uh, I think a little bit. Well, yeah, about 445 with the um, stock exhaust taken off. So, yeah, four, so yep. four, four, we'll, we'll make it easy on ourselves. Yeah. 445, 265. Yeah. The math is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it just the sheer power to weight ratio, my 14 looks like a pussycat. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got on this thing, came out of the driveway, got about 50 yards from the uh, the dealership and realized, this thing is a pussycat. Yeah. I mean, down And low, I dropped it. And down, go ahead, sorry. Just, it was, it was eye-opening. This bike was supremely easy to ride, but stupid fast. I mean, stupid fast. First gear is good for at least 125. That's ridiculous. That's faster than anything needs to be in first gear. That's faster than, yeah. That's Put it this way, 125 on some race bikes, you see it a Weira Regional or Weira National. Mm-hmm. 125 is faster than some of these bikes are in sixth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It... Having gotten a gotten a little kind of close to one, got close to a couple, at the shop and down at the Marvel Museum, it's an engineering marvel. It is. It's, it's practical, and there's nothing practical about. There's this bike. nothing. Pra- there's nothing designed to be practical about this no. bike. Kawasaki Heavy Industries bankrolled this thing to get Kawasaki back on the tongues of people who aren't into motorcycles. Right. And again, to prove that they were, Kawasaki's always had this chip on their shoulders that they were the leading edge of power, performance, and exhilaration. That's right out of their textbook. Well, see, the thing about Kawasaki is there's a, oh, I can't remember, it was an article on Superbike Planet where it was a Japanese, I think, I can't remember who he was with. It was a Japanese man who described, who could, he described the four Japanese manufacturers. About in four word in three words or less, it was, it was it was I think it was a Suzuki. It was Suzuki. It was Passion Goes Racing. Yamaha was marketing exercise. Huh. Honda was NASA. Huh. Kawasaki was rich guys, rich boys racing. Right. So Kawasaki Heavy Industries builds container ships. They build. Train, train, like bullet trains and that yeah. kind of thing. The entirety of the Kawasaki motorcycle division is a droplet. Is probably not even a droplet, probably a tax write-off. Yeah, pretty much. You know, so I see. I don't see a horsepower war going because once you get to this point, the Kawasaki's gotten to it. Once you get to that, you can't do much. No. You're not going to be able to fight with that. I see a technology war, right? And I see a high, a ultra high end model war, right? Between the four manufacturers, right? Because you've got your H2, you've got your Honda's already kind of won it with the 213V. True, but which is kind of a when the new yeah. CB when the new CBR thousand comes out, it's going to be a V4. That's going to be what they go up against, like the that price range, right? Suzuki's got the new Jixxer 1000 coming, which we can chit-chat with about now mm-hmm. that we've both seen it. Yes. The new Jixxer 1000, there's going to be a new – there's probably going to be an R version of that, mm-hmm. or it's going to have – it's what everybody's going to use as the race bike. But then and again, you've got your R1M. Yeah. Which is – they're all about the same price point except for the Honda because the Honda had – I mean, you know, no, nobody really knows about the Honda one yet. Right. But there's going to be that war for your – middle to high end your upper middle end price point superbikes. Right. And you know the H two really doesn't fit into this. Again, it was a an exercise in putting all the branches of Kawasaki together to make this statement bike. Uh you know the turbo or excuse me the supercharger that's built in it. Uh everything about this bike was just Kawasaki really just kind of flexing their might of all their combined industries. And it, it does well. Yeah. It does well. I mean, again, you may not like the styling. You're not going to ride this thing on a road trip 
No, and you're not gonna you're not gonna date with this bike. Right. You're and the chances of seeing one of these competing in any of the superbike, it's a zero. Yeah, it's it, not gonna happen. It's not really made for it, even though they do have the H2R, which is the the race version of it. That's not what it's there for. Yes, you'll probably see a few of these, and I think Ricky Gadsden already has his. Oh, Gadsden, uh, are, Gadsden was probably drivers. already doing some of the. He had one of the first ones. Oh yeah, he yeah. was doing the development work on the bike. But I can already guarantee that. I will tell you this again. Like I said, when you ride one, throw away everything you think you know about this bike because it's completely different. Is it fun? Hell yes. This bike. I mean, I'm still. My think about it right now, I still shake a little just because it's. It was that. Fun. You should see the grin on his face right now. It hasn't yeah. left since he started talking about this bike. Yeah, there are certain parts. Actually, there's a video that I'm not going to post just because I don't want any legal issues. Um, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. You know, it's. I wish I had more time with it, especially on a twistier section of road. But even the handling of the bike surprised me. Uh, return what kind to, of tires were on? Uh, he was running. Um, M7 double R's. Because I know he's gone through a... Because they didn't yes. come with Metzlers on it. No. Again, and here's one of the things about the bike. You cannot buy one of these bikes without realizing that there is a hefty price tag that comes with the maintenance of the bike. Yeah. Um, he's got just around 2,500 miles on this bike. He is on his fourth set of tires. When you're putting that much power down, yeah. you're going to wear out tires. Very You may quickly. not wear out the front, but your rears are going to go quick. Yeah. It's almost... It's... Being in the car industry the way that I am, being a parts guy at a German manufacturer, mm -hmm. uh, C63 AMGs go through tires like I change socks. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're putting a new set of rears on them at least every 58 to 7,500 miles. Yes. Because that car, well, that's a whole nother genre of podcast, but that car's, a, that car's under tire. Right. But whatever. And the same thing with the H2. It's going to eat through tires quickly. Um Every 7,500 miles, the supercharger needs to be rebuilt. Yeah. 7,500 miles. There are some of you out there that ride that much in six months. Some of them, four. Yeah. And a couple of you in one. Yeah. Um, Which is bizarre yeah. and scary. And, of course, anyway. there's some that don't even put 75 miles on their bike. Anyway, years, but that's but. <laughs> whatever. So, yes, you have to realize you're going to be paying that, paying that price tag for maintenance. Uh, I mean, hell, when his bike comes in, before the techs can even touch his bike, it goes through a compressed air bath just to get off any dust that can scratch that silver metallic paint that is gorgeous but so fragile. Oh, it's that The paint itself, I mean... Yeah. There's no touch-up paint. There's no touch-up paint. It's probably four-stage. If the Tina was in the room, she could probably explain it to us, but she's not. She's doing something. But, because she knows paint right i it, this is one of those bikes you have in the garage you take it out for an hour or two to go blast and you put it back and then you quickly come home and you ice yourself up because you're yeah. hurting oh um, it's almost like it's probably along the same vein of an rc51 riding that for two hours right just more so so i mean again amazing bike if you ever have the opportunity to ride one Get out, ride it. Please don't wad it up. Mm -mm. Uh, Actually, no. Wad it up. Don't hurt yourself. I'll talk to Chris and get the parts because he yeah. could use the business. <laughs> right. Um, I don't even know if they probably haven't even mastered the part numbers for that thing yet. Oh, they're that out there. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, it's an amazing bike, and I'm so incredibly thankful to have the opportunity to ride this. Um, will I own one? No, uh, I can appreciate it, but I definitely I couldn't live with it. Um, I like riding too much, and like I said, with the ZX14, I can ride that thing all day long, have almost as much fun without the uh, the cool whirring sounds the supercharger makes. Come home and go back out and do it again. Uh, the H2. It's stupid fun for such a short period of time, but it it wears you down really quickly. Um, Joey actually kind of put it the best 
where he said it's the difference between having a well-trained dog and a puppy. Man, puppies sure are fun, but they can wear you out really quickly. A well-trained dog will sit there and will be as patient as you want it to be. So, you know, if you're thinking about getting into an H2, just understand what you're getting into. You got the price tag of the bike itself, coupled with the sheer maintenance. Um, if you plan on actually keeping this bike, you got to figure that in. Uh, what kind of toll it's going to take on you? I mean, if you're riding around town and just having fun with it, hey, that's fine. If you're planning on doing anything that requires anything beyond 25 miles, this isn't the bike for you because you've got to refill the tank every 25 miles. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous fun for that very short period of time. Yeah. But. But. If you think you've got what it takes to buy one, by all means, do it, enjoy it, love it, but know what the... And you guys just sold another one. Yep, we just sold another one, um, doing pretty much the exact same setup, and... God help him. (laughs) I I hope this guy knows what he's getting into. Again, you know, if you've ridden any leader bikes for any amount of time and ride... And you can control your throttle uh, hand enough where a quarter twist throttle won't scare you. This bike is easy enough to ride. But right. if you get, you've got to respect it. Yeah. Just like any other bike, you have to respect it. If you get on it without the respect of knowing what this bike is capable of doing, it will hurt you and it will hurt you bad. In more ways than one. Including your finances. Yep. Yes. I sure would not want to replace Mm-mm. the fairings. I'm out. I'm trying to replace those fairings. Yeah. Because just the way that they have, because the cost on those. Yes. That'll be an interesting exercise. Look up and see how much a top fairing is for this bike, and we'll talk about it next time. Oh. But I just want to know. Mm-hmm. Just list. Challenge accepted. Just list. See if but, you can even look that up. Let's just put it this way. To do a full Brox uh, stainless steel system with a... Uh, ECU tune, reflash, and a power commander. Uh, going to different sprockets to kind of smooth out the power band a little bit and to increase your top end speed. You're already looking at about four grand. Jesus. And that's just parts. That doesn't include labor. Because to do the ECU tune, unless you're lucky enough to live near Brock's, you've got to remove it. Yeah. And send it to them. And then reinstall it and the power commander. And then run it on the dyno to make sure the power commander is tuned for the area you live in. This is my question. You could throw you could throw another four grand in parts at it. Mm-hmm. Which is all well and good. Mm-hmm. Have at it. I'm all for it. How light are those wheels? Uh, honestly, I don't know. See, that's my thing. Yeah. You could sit there. You could not do all that mm-hmm. and throw some lighter wheels on it and do the same thing for... Right, twenty five hundred bucks, three grand. Well, here's the th- the other side to that coin too. It depends on the rider. True. Uh, the well, uh, gentleman that just bought this third H two, he was asking about carbon fiber wheels, uh, magnesium wheels, and again, I have to ask him, where are you going to be riding this? Thing? True. Because if you are riding this, you know, on the street, you've got, to, especially if you're going with carbon fiber, you've got to take into account what. Road conditions are like. The, I will say this: those VST carbon wheels, they are pretty robust. It's you true. can street ride those wheels and be okay. Hmm. I, you know, avoid I, potholes, obviously, yeah. but you can street ride them as long as you keep them clean and you keep them half polished. That way, the the clear on the carbon fiber doesn't start fading and turning yellow. You'll be fine. But hmm, I I on that bike um. I really, really, I wouldn't recommend going to that just because of what you can encounter True. on the street. True. You know, aluminum, it'll bend. It'll bend. That's fine. Carbon well, fiber is just going to shatter. Exactly. And if you are, if you're pushing this bike halfway to what it's capable of doing, and you hit a pothole, and that wheel disintegrates. Yeah, you're screwed. <laughs> you won't have to worry about the repair bill because you're going to be worried about, about your medical bill, right? Yeah. 
and that bike will be toast. Yep. So again, yeah. Now if you if you got an H two R and you actually get to take this out to the track days, have at it, have fun. I don't know. There are certain tracks you won't be able to run it at because the H two R is so loud. Yes, it is. And actually, that's another thing. If you do go to a, a full uncapped exhaust, wear earplugs. Yeah. It will hurt you. Now, from experience, I was having been around an H2R on the track, ridden by Jeremy Toy, if you don't know who that is, he's an American TT and Macau GP rider. Um, that bike there, the H2R, is quite possibly one of the loudest motorcycles I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. It was obscenely loud. Right. It, obscenely fast, because the R is pushing 300 horsepower yep. on a bike that weighs 400-something pounds. Yep. And... It pulled harder. It pulled looked like it pulled harder than an AMA and Moto Moto America Superbike. Yeah. And but it was so ungodly loud, mm-hmm. just obscenely loud. Yeah. So if you end up wanting to do a track day with them, have at it. Have at it. Have at it. Make sure you check and see if there is a deep decibel limit. At that racetrack. I know at Laguna, you have a very strict decibel limit. Right. It's also and, in the middle of California, so it's going to be even stricter. Well, no, the the strictness is... Uh, we'll get into that later. But at the, our local track, Bowling Green, there is a decibel limit there. Um, it's not that low. It's, you know, it's typical, but it's not that bad. But you can't... You wouldn't be able to do an H2R at that track. No. Um... But anyway, enough about the H2 and the H2R. Yeah. We, we've waxed poetic about that enough. Right. Um, and I'm still grinning. Oh, yeah. He's still grinning. <laughs> it's kind of depressing, actually. Right. Makes me, I'm like, you need some Xanax or something. Just bring you down. Yeah. Speaking of bringing us down, I think we, uh, we're we about hitting our limit for... Uh, we well, have. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about an hour, an yeah. hour and a half. Or so. Or so. Um, well, there's only two of us, and it's it's been kind of slow. Right. Um. I mean, other than Ducati showing their team this this past couple of days, but it's the True. same team as last year. True, and there's 15 more days to World Superbike. 15 more days to World Superbike. Um, I'm going to throw a prediction out there. Who won it this year? It was Johnny Ray. No, it wasn't Ray. It was, yeah, it was Johnny Ray or Thompson, one of them, on the Cowie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to guess Chaz. I'm going to put my. I'll say Chaz Davies gets it this year because he was a close. He was second, and the bike finally came good at the end of the year. And Chaz, having met Chaz, Chaz is a really, really nice guy. He deserves every bit that he gets. So, because he got passed over for a lot. Oh yeah, I'm looking um, forward to this year of Superbike. It'll be a good World Superbike season. GP, I could care less. All right. Um, I'll watch it just because it's bike racing, but GP. Whatever. Yeah, we got a lot of new faces in in Superbike, and it's. I think it'll be really where the best racing is going to be this year. Yeah, Superbike, and then the real roads. Real road season starts up here in May. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. Um, with Guy Martin sitting out a couple of sitting out for the year or for certain races. Um. Michael William Dunlop's on a ZX10. Right. Who knows? We might be able to see some new faces emerge in TT that we might not normally watch. Peter Hickman's going to be the next guy. There you go. Peter Hickman's coming. He's on a ZX10 as well. Um, he took a huge step this past year. His super sport bike, his MV, mm-hmm. you know who sponsored that? Oh. Freaking Iron Maiden. Really? Iron Maiden, but they have a beer or a coffee or something. Huh. Oh, is that Death Wish? Oh, no, that's not no. Death Wish. No, okay. no, 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 it's not Death Wish. But Death Wish is, I think it's Black Label Society, but I could be wrong. Okay. Don't quote me on that. But no, it's um, I, no, it's a beer. Iron Maiden has their own brewery and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and they sponsor Peter Hickman's MV six seventy five huh. for Super Sport. Peter Hickman's going to be the next. I'm calling it. He's going to be one of the bigger next big names. And with Hutchie back, Hutchie's on the BMW. Really? Watch it. Hutchie's going to come out having as a good a year as he had last year, winning both Supersport races, 
And I think he won one of the and I think he won the Superstop race too. He didn't win the Superbike races. Hmm. Those two there, Hutchie's back, and Hutchie had a tough road coming back. He damn near lost his leg. Oh damn! Like within an hour of losing his leg. Wow. Now he doesn't have any bones below his knee in his left leg. Wow. His gear shift is on the right. Hmm. And it's really weird watching him shift up, and it's really bizarre. <laughs> but Hutchie on our BMW is going to be really fast. That's who I've got my money on for the roads for the roads this year. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just need to see well, how it unfolds. Hey, it's February. It's about to kick off. Here yeah. we go. Racing season, it. riding season, bring it on. It's about freaking time. All right. And speaking of time, I think we're it's about to It's time for us to get out of here. So remember. 265, uh, what is it? 2625, ride. Go no, 2625, go ride. Yep. Two, Leave six, us a voicemail. Five, and if it's funny ride. or if it's good. We will put it on the next podcast. Yep. And, hey, you might just make us our new intro, too. Yeah. You so. might be the new intro for a month. Yep. Two, That's six. what we'll do. If the, the good ones, if it's a good one, we'll make it the intro for a month. That's right. 2625, go ride. See? See? 2625, two, we go ride. So, uh, and again, follow us on uh, Facebook. All the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we want to hear from you. Please, 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 I cannot stress this. Please share this podcast with your friends. Write reviews. Two, three hundred of your closest friends. Yes, that'd be awesome. We are, again, self-sponsored, and we're proud of it, but we would like some help, too. Yeah. Just say Give it. It'd be great. Anyway, love you you guys. We'll see you later. Wingman's Garage is... Thank you for listening to Wingman's Garage. For business inquiries, email us at podcasts at wingmansgarage.net.